Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Big Strong Less Boys podcast. So, uh, two all against Everton in that uh, Monday night thriller. And uh, yeah, it generally was, wasn't it? <laughs> we, we spoke about the Leeds game and I felt like I probably lost 10 years of my life. And um, I can say much the same for that game against Everton last night. Absolutely ridiculous. I think the only real surprise was the fact that it ended uh, just two all. Um, so look, uh, it doesn't really change a huge amount, does it, really, at the bottom of the table? This is going down to the wire, or certainly that's how I feel. It's, um, yeah, another then interesting game up against Fulham next. So uh, how are we all feeling? How are the nerves? Are we confident or are we resigning ourselves maybe to a relegation? I think there's a a real split between the fan base at the moment. But look, uh, thanks for listening. As always, uh, we've got Jack, we've got Jordan and we've got Rick. Um, Welcome back, lads. Um, Jordan, you are in the midst of... Of a, of a shift at work at the moment. So we've only got you for about 20 minutes before uh, you need to head off and, and work on this this Arsenal-Chelsea game tonight. So, mate, I'll come to you first. How are you? And what did you make of that game last night? Um, it was it was entertaining, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was too entertaining for my uh, heart rate, mate. I think um, there, there might be a piece on my heart rate in the game. If not me, they're doing someone else. But um, I did a 56-kilometre bike ride yesterday. Nice. My heart rate during the game was higher than it was on the bike. So <laughs> it's going to be like this from now until the end of the season and not just yeah, for our like games. It, doesn't it? Yeah, not just for our games, for everyone else. And, you know, I'll stop short of saying if we don't beat Fulham on Monday, I think it's over because I think we need five or six points. We've got four games to play. And if last night has shown us anything is that anything's going to be possible in these four games because I've slagged Everton off. I thought they were pretty good last night. I thought they were probably the best team and that's what happens when teams have to open themselves up and try and attack and get the win. And um, looking at the game, obviously, if it wasn't for Everson, I think we'd have probably lost the game. He made three incredible saves. The first one in the first half against the Wobi was incredible. Um, and then the, the the one at the end, um, I can't remember who had the shot. Decore, Decore from the edge yeah. of the era. Yeah, 
down, down to his right, incredibly strong palm to push it around the post. But how you can have watched that performance and think that Danny Ward was the better option is absolutely <laughs> baffling. Um, and then, you know, I think we gave away too many chances. And, I th and if we do that against Liverpool and Newcastle, I can see them scoring four or five, which is the worry. We probably won't play like that against them. We won't be as open. So I think a point was probably a fair result because obviously if Madder scores the pen, we're home and hosed probably. If Vardy scores one of the two where he hits the bar, we win. I think it was a fair result. It helps nobody other than the teams around us that didn't play. So, yeah, it was a it was a nerve jangler, that's for sure. And I think I think that's going to be the case for the for the remaining four as well. Yeah, no, I think as well with this old, um, it's a must-win game. I, I think we need to just scrap that. You know, everyone needs to kind of get that um, idea out of people's heads until it genuinely is a must-win game. You know, teams will pick up points where you probably don't expect them to and um, and vice versa it's, it's the way it goes at this end of the season you know it doesn't change a huge amount and it would have been hugely beneficial to have picked up three points in either the Leeds or the Everton game but we didn't but we are actually out of the relegation places for now and you look at those Liverpool and Newcastle games and people will be saying you know a bit of a write-off that we, we're not going to get any points you don't know that and it'll be the exact same for everyone down there at the moment and um, look Rick as far as that game goes last night Jordan talks about the chances that, that Everton had I think it was 23, um, their most in an away game since 2019. Uh, the expected goals, the XG, was the highest of any Premier League game this season. It was quite literally a basketball game at, at times. Um, what on earth did you make of that? Because, as I said, it, it doesn't change much, but ugh, flipping heck, is uh, plenty to go through, isn't there? Yeah, um, I mean, it, I, I'm struggling really to try and articulate the feeling that yesterday brought other than I felt something, you know, I felt a lot of things that I don't think I'd felt in 2023 up until recently. Um, whether that's a good thing, um, you know, for so long we've been disillusioned and just in despair with what was happening now, you know, the, the roller coaster of emotions that are happening as we are literally fighting for our lives is quite difficult to deal with. You know, I felt, I, I mean, the noises that were coming out of my gob last night were unbelievable. I dread to, I live in a terrace <laughs> house and I'm loud and my neighbours must have thought that there was some exorcism going on. But um, obviously I wasn't there at the game, sadly. And so I had to put up with Sky. But yeah, I mean, Dean Smith said yesterday after the game that it was our worst performance under him. And I mean, he's brutally honest. Uh, the parts of last night, though, I enjoyed weirdly. Like, I mean, we gave away too many chances. And as Jordan says, we do that against Newcastle and Liverpool and they will murder us. Um, and I think we probably will because when do we... we I mean, this... This isn't just a. This wasn't just a Brendan issue. We've seen it with Stow Sadler. We're now seeing it with uh, Dean Smith. We afford the opposition too many chances. Whether that's because we don't defend well enough, I don't know whether it's the defence. I think it's the midfield. I think collectively we just. I don't. I don't know. We don't press well enough, um, and but we seem to be out of position when we go to attack. Likewise, when we go to defend. So, I don't know. It it was chaos. As you said, it was a basketball game, which parts of it I enjoyed. You know, the crowd were electric from what I could hear, and that was because it was end-to-end. Yeah. -end. You know, the, the slow, laborious football 
is a thing of the past. We're going for it. The thing is, should we be going for it or do we need to put an air of caution about it? I don't know now because I always thought we were not good at playing sort of a, a like a, a, a deep block or trying to, to sort of park the bus. But then you see us go forward like that and then we're as chaotic at trying to defend. I don't know. Other than I know there's so many more twists and turns to go. We, we've forgotten how to win football games. We leave no stone unturned in the pursuit of making sure we don't win, whether that's like, I, I, but I don't know. All I know is I love it. You know, I'll be it, <laughs> on the sleeve. It's far more exhilarating than the dog shit we've had to see um, all of 2022 and summer 2023. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's we'll see where it takes us. It's not looking good, though, for me. Gut feeling. See, it's strange because I, I get that vibe from a, a couple of you um, lads. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit different that I actually feel relatively, not confident, but I feel okay about our situation. I do genuinely believe um, that we're better than Leeds, Forest, and probably Everton. And I still do really fancy to get results against Fulham and, and um, West Ham. And I think that would probably be enough for us. I really do. Um, but look, you know, the, the, the song, the, the music at the start, getting away with it. Um, Jack. What a song that is. I mean, it's class, isn't it? And, and there's so many lyrics as well. Rick, this was, that was your choice and a, a brilliant one to, to pick out. There's so many lyrics that you kind of pick out and think, you know, that's, it's, it's really fitting for, for where we are at the moment, not only just as a football club, but, but that game last night. But you know, getting away with it, Jack, you know, that game against Leeds, Patrick Bamford's miss, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's miss, last night. I mean, arguably the two worst misses of the season and we've got away with with both of them and, you know, you're looking at Everton's recent results and Leeds' recent results. We're pretty much the only team not to have beaten either of them. So whilst, you know, I'm drawing positives from those two performances and the fact that we haven't lost and it's been entertaining, the reality is, is everyone else who's playing those teams are beating them. And I can, and I think that's probably a reason why others are, are a little bit more concerned than I am about the situation right now. Am I off mute now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for one of you boys yeah. to say something. I was like, I couldn't hear I myself. I thought it was me. <laughs> Same. I was, I was playing with my connection because like, nobody did anything, but it wasn't on mute. <laughs> so I thought, Christ, my mic isn't working again. No, but you know when you just like, you know, you're nicely. On... <laughs> you know when you're on a Zoom call? And you like you think you're speaking, and someone goes, "You're on mute," and it's like I, I was waiting for one of you to do that, but you didn't. Did anyway, you tell a joke and no one laughed? Uh, no, I was just getting nothing back from you. Um, so I go back. I'll go back to the start. Uh, yeah, please. What, what was the question? Um, I, I take your point about you think we're better than Everton, and you think we're better than Leeds, but we've not beaten them, and I think our running is as hard or harder than anyone else's. So um, I, won't, I won't go into the, the fixtures I've studied, but to go back to the game last night, it was simultaneously the worst game of football and the best game of football I think I've ever seen. It was like yeah. watching two, two blokes at the end of the night just having like an absolute swing fest at each other. And, and fest, rather, than yeah. one of, one, rather than one of them winning, they both knock each other out simultaneously and they're both lying on the floor. Like no one won. It was like it was a debacle from start to finish, um, and it's the second time we've come away from games. And you go, 
we could have won that game and we could have lost that game. So a draw is probably a fair result. And I, I, I'm, I'm questioning what I wish for now because Rogers, it was so everything needed to be so controlled and and so laborious as as Rick said. But it's so chaotic now. I'm not sure I can take this because I, I'm not sure chaotic football and the way that we're playing is the way to get out of a, a relegation fight. Because mm. if we show that little bit more composure, we'll probably win the game 4-5-1. If we're going at 3-1 at half time, they'd be done. And and Vardy should have, Vardy should have squared it, by the way, to, to Barnes. And he took way, one too many touch. Um, the penalty, I'm sure we'll talk about. But for me, that's... You're, between Yuri and Vardy, that's disappointing that neither of them want them want that as as senior players. I mean, I don't think Madison's ever scored a penalty for us in a in a game. He scored one in the shootout, but he's he's also missed several in the shootout. I think um, so. That I mean, that, that's that's chaotic as well. And it, it was just it was just yeah. I I, I don't quite. I'm, I'm I'm lost for words still in terms of trying to describe that game. It was just. It was batshit crazy. Yeah, it was pure chaos. Um, Jordan, I'm conscious we haven't got you for, for for much longer, but look, with with this style of play from from Dean Smith, I have to say I'm incredibly surprised by what we are getting at the moment. You know, as, as Jack alluded to, in terms of everything we know about Dean Smith, this isn't really anything we we've seen before. You know, we we saw um, that the four up front basically against Wolves, wasn't it? Yesterday, I thought that Everton were completely on top of us. And Dean Smith's response to that was to take off, indeed, he's a holding midfielder and bring on Pats and Dak. And I'm thinking, Christ, we've got no control in midfield whatsoever. And you're taking off our midfielder and putting on a striker. Um, you know, he is going for it. It is very gung-ho. And, you know, it's for the neutral, I'm sure, entertaining for us incredibly, um, not painful, but you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, 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 it, it's, it's hard to watch at times because it is so end-to-end. You know, are you surprised by this? You know, in it, and also worth pointing out as well with, with Dean Smith. Whilst I've been impressed with the performances and I have enjoyed them, it is only one win from from four. Um, you know, and, and parts of the the Wolves game, I thought the first half we weren't very good. The start of Man City, obviously, we weren't particularly good. Do you know what I mean? I think we're, we're quite positive at the moment as, as a fan base in terms of what we're seeing. But actually, if you do break down lots of it. It's just not what I was expecting, Jordan, from Dean Smith at all. But I can't yeah. quite work out if I really, really like it or if this is just, this is just too much the other way. I, I think like um, like Rick touched upon about, you know, or, or Jack about Brendan's way of playing being so controlling and possession-based. But we haven't kept a clean sheet since before the World Cup. And I think I read earlier, in 15 of the last 16 games, we've conceded first. Which, I think it's not, is it not 19 games we haven't kept a clean sheet in? Yeah, I, I think, think that's so. the stat. Um, it's a club record in the Premier League. And um, to that point, I'm not sure whether Dean Smith has got much choice other than to play this chaotic kind of football because we clearly can't sit back and absorb pressure and, um, and counter-attack like we, we know that we used to be able to. I mean... Smith and uh, and Terry clearly haven't been able to address the defensive issues. And that's with Everson, who's a far better goalkeeper. That's with Seonchu, who is clearly a better player than Dan Amati. But, you know, whilst touching on Seonchu, one thing I will say, is I don't think he's quite the messiah that has been made out to be in terms of had he been playing all season, we wouldn't be in this mess. I mean, to the point 
one, you can't try and attack your manager if that's what's what's been murmured, if that's true. That's why he wasn't playing. Well, that's absolutely fair. Um, I thought it was interesting last night when he scored. None of the players went over to celebrate with him. Yeah, that was weird, um, wasn't it? Which was weird, but if he is going to Atletico Madrid in the summer, then is he that popular figure in the dressing room or on, in the training ground? So there's these little clicks. That, that last night, I thought that was a pretty odd thing. And to Rick's point, bang on about the midfield for me. I mean, indeed, he has been pretty poor on the whole this season. Um, Samari just hasn't got the um, capability to play at uh, Premier League pace off the ball. And we know Yori hasn't. So when we haven't got the ball, we're just an absolute mess. Um, and no wonder the back four are getting, um, you know, they're under a lot of pressure because we're just getting carved open. There's no protection for them in, mid- in midfield at all. So I just feel like this chaotic football is the only kind of thing that we, we've got left in, in the last um, four games. And I mean, it, against Fulham, we probably have to win. But even if we don't, you know, we've got Liverpool at home and West Ham at home. We will cause them trouble. You know, Liverpool can't keep clean sheets. Yeah. Um, um, who knows what West Ham's situation is going to be by the time we play them. So we we know we'll create chances and score goals. And for me, we're not going to be able to keep goals out. So this is kind of the only option we've got left. And looking at the other teams who they're playing and what the runnings are, I'm not sure if I believe in runnings because it depends who you're playing, at what time yeah. of the season, yeah. what they've got left to play for, have they got any injuries. Sometimes when teams have got nothing to play for, they're better because the pressure's yeah, off and, and no the pressure. shackles are, are released. So it, it really is a lottery. Um, my dad mentioned earlier talking about Everton, Forest, and Leeds and how many points he thinks they'll get. I said, look, I don't care how many points they get. I think we need five or six points from four games and that will be enough whatever happens, I think. I'm not worried about the other teams. Um, and I just think the, the only thing we can do is is kind of is just go for it. But one thing we really need to do is score first and, and at least give ourselves something to protect because you can't chase games. You can't chase 16 games from, from trailing. You're not going to get anywhere like that. So no. um, I feel for Dean in that respect that he's come in and he's got to work miracles with a squad that's been underperforming. And and him and JT have obviously not been able to stop us conceding goals either. So um, I'm not sure we've got much choice. Um, before we uh, let you get back to work, mate, uh, a quick word then on on this penalty situation because we'll we'll talk mm-hmm. about it in more depth with with Rick and Jackie in a moment. So um, obviously Madison took it and, and missed it. <laughs> so you know, goes about saying it wasn't a great penalty. It really wasn't. We've had issues with penalties for ages, haven't we? You know, even pre-existing um, the, the current team in the fact that when, when Mares used to take them, wasn't very good. Vardy would then at times take them equally. He, I preferred his technique of just smashing it, but clearly doesn't really fancy taking penalties. Yuri hasn't got a great record, but has often stepped up to take them. And, and, and Madison the same. And it felt yesterday that with Ian actual available, that, that nobody really knew who was taking it. And nobody seemed to really want to take it other than Madison. And um I suggested this this morning on, on TalkSport and, and people almost laughed me out of the room. But my theory, and I, I'm not sure, I think one of you lads may have said the same thing, was that Madison obviously announced last week that he was expecting twins. I honestly believe, or I would subscribe to the theory that he wanted to take that penalty so he could score and <laughs> probably had some pre-prepared celebration um, to mark that that kind of moment and that occasion. And, um, you know, 
I don't think that's that ludicrous, but everyone else thought that was a hilarious suggestion or a ridiculous suggestion. What, what did you make of it all and what did you make of Madison taking it? I had a similar theory about Eric Haaland, uh, Erling Haaland when he scored with his hair down against Arsenal and, and claimed that he was getting paid by a, a shampoo company or something ridiculous. It's not beyond the realms of possibility, but at the same time, Dean Smith did say Madison was the penalty taker. Um, and there's this theory that Tielemans takes the ball, mm. gets a stick off the It looked like Tielemans was taking it, mate, to yeah. me. And then, like, Kel took one against Wolves and scored. But for me, just touching on Madison, since, you know, the caption at the bottom, since he's had a pop at Rob Tanner, he cost us the game against Bournemouth. And I think he cost us the game last night. And to, to be honest, he's supposed to be the captain. I don't think he's captain material. And I think a player of his ability, him and Barnes have just gone missing. And they're not, they're the players that are going to make the difference, but they're also not the kind of players you want in a relegation fight. And I I do think Madison's head is not in the the right space. Obviously, he's he's having twins. So in his personal life, there are things going on off the pitch. I think he, well, he knows he's not going to be here next season. And I think he, his head is elsewhere. In terms of the penalty, Smith says earlier that, Madison's the penalty taker. Why? Yeah. Vardy's on the pitch. And mm-hmm. if Vardy doesn't take it, Tielemans takes it. Why on earth is Madison taking it? And I, I know like a lot's been made of this Pickford thing about the water bowl. Um, that, that, like, that's a load of nonsense because goalkeepers up and down the country in professional football have the tools. They know where the players are going. On the bottle, it, it's just a, a reminder. But 60% of his penalties go down the middle. Well, he's only taken three. So... I mean, it can't be, you know, it can't, it can't be rocket science. And it said, you know, it said stay. Um, it, it was just a terrible, terrible penalty. He shouldn't, he, should have, he shouldn't have been taking it is the bottom line. If that's the manager's decision um, to take the penalty, then, it, then it's his fault. I think. Unfortunately, Vardy should have taken the penalty. Like you said, Jake, the way he takes them, if he laces it and misses it. You're okay with it. it. You can't just yeah. pass it down the middle. No, no, it was definitely pre-planned. You can just imagine, like Madder's scoring, running to the bench because he's having twins. Shaky there, <laughs> two balls under his arms. Oh, Madison no. takes them. <laughs> that was it. They had that think... pre-planned. It was Shaky's idea, and Dean's just protected him. <laughs> right, Jordan, mate. We need to let you go. Uh, thanks for for coming on. Much appreciated as always. Uh, Rick, come on then, mate. That penalty. What's your feeling towards it? Um, load up and release um i'm just laughing at um jack there that was superb mate well done pal um i actually didn't have a problem with madison taking the penalty reason being i'd actually called for him to take the penalties um sort of pre-world cup i think telemans Missed one against Spurs, but then was allowed to retake it. And alarm bells are starting to ring then um, that he might not be quite as good a penalty taker. And Madison's obviously been our talisman now for a long, long while. Um, I mean, how a bloke can rip, snort, free kicks in left, right and centre from, you know, triple the distance. And yet, with that little penalty yesterday down the middle is just beyond words. But yeah, I mean, diabolical penalty. Um Vardy, I mean, I know he's got some battle scars with penalties. He's missed his fair share, but he's also scored a lot of penalties. And, okay, one of our most high-profile defeats 
under Brendan was the the game against Tottenham last game in the season where we didn't get top four, but Vardy scored two penalties in high pressure situations there. Just blasted them. Lloris got nowhere near him, and I just yeah, I don't know why Vardy didn't take him. This don't forget Vardy scored two in two. This isn't yeah. Vardy from He's three four. weeks ago. You know, Vardy was he looks in fine fettle. Yes. A minute or two before he hit the bar and he, he should have scored or as Jack said, squared it to, to Barnes. But I, di- I didn't have a major issue with that because it wasn't like, you know, it it was a he got it a bit too close to Pickford and then panicked. But yeah, it, I don't know. It, it would, But the penalty itself was just awful. And Madison, you know, I've been one of his biggest fans. I know as soon as the, the tide turns, we get the usual, you know, abuse about him being ex-Cov and all of that. But he's been our best player by a country mile now for two years. But in recent weeks, I'm sorry, yes, he's had a couple of assists recently. He somehow got man of the match against Leeds. I didn't think he had a good game against Leeds. I didn't think he had a good game last night. There's bits and pieces where he's doing all right. But he's actually more of a hindrance at the minute. He's trying to do too much. His mentality isn't what I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, I, I've got major concerns about him at the minute. I mean, I know you can't drop him because likewise, Tielemans, I've got concerns about. You can't drop both of them. I mean, can you? I, I don't know. I just feel we, you know, we haven't got enough. We haven't got, there's no margin for error now. And these players are going, you know, and do you say, right, I'm, I'm no, I no longer trust you. Um, I don't care how good you are. You are going in a month's time. You know, after a month's done, your services with Leicester City are complete. Do we turn around and, and sit them out? I don't know. But what's I feel the, what, like after him costing us the game. What's the alternative honestly, though, Rick? What's the alternative? And this is this is the problem. I think this was the problem last season when um, you know, I am gonna dig them out, but when when Tielemans and Soyuncha were playing particularly poorly and, and mm. Rogers did eventually drop them. The problem is is that when players you know, at this level, who we know are good players, aren't playing very well. You've got no yeah. option but to continue to play them because we haven't got a better alternative. Whereas if those players were playing at a big six club, which they have the ability to do so, they're not playing well, yeah. they, they lose their place. And, and that's kind of why I feel you know, a major reason why the club has stagnated so much is that there's there's nobody, you know, pushing these players. And that's why I think the standards drop so much. You know, we can say Madison isn't playing well, but you ain't going to drop him, are you, for, for Dennis Pratt? It's just not going to happen. No, well, no, you're not. I mean, and that is the sad indictment that we... I mean, we've got no options. You no. Look, I look at every other club's bench that we've come up against recently, Leeds, Everton. I'd have their bench over ours every day of the week. You know, I, I just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't help that we get a, we average at least one injury a week as well at the minute. There'll be another one. By the time we get round to Fulham on Monday, another player will be out. Mark my words. Um, so, no, you can't really drop them. But then again, there's another, you know, he, he, he's not fancying a few players at the minute, Dino. Um, you know, Dewsbury Hall's barely had a sniff. Sutar's now not getting a game. Now, OK, they don't replace Madison per se, but there's he, he's not making many changes either. Um, so he's really pigeonholing himself now on what he can do if he can't get a tune out of some of them. Mm. 
Yeah, no, we'll we'll get back to that. We, we've got a call now into the podcast. Um, we've got Jack. Um, Jack, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, you also have a, another podcast. What, what's the name of your podcast? And, and thanks for coming on, pal. Thank, thank you very much for having me on. Pleasure uh, to be on, so thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, me and my mate Ewan, he's a Newcastle fan. We've got uh, a podcast called the Talking mm-hmm. Black podcast. Yes, yeah, in the summer we had a lot of chats and the the, the whole mood in the camp is different <laughs> now. Um He's he's high on life, and this morning when we were talking, I was pretty uh, as 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 I can imagine you all were. We were pretty pretty downtrodden this morning, but uh, I I wanted to talk about next season because I mean I've I've fully kind of accepted now after last night, and I know it probably is glass half full of me that we are probably facing the drop. Um, what do you think we need to do for next season in order to try and come back up again? Do you think it's a like try and do what Burnley have done and completely reshape the whole thing or just accept we might be down there for a season or two? Um, I'll let Jack take this one because I know that, Jack, you wrote an article, didn't you, a little while ago about why you think that actually relegation may not be the worst thing in the world. We need, for the need a purge. Oh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fully... The, the rebuild yeah. we need to do is so, is so sizable. I actually think it's e- easier to do that at championship level than it is in the Premier League. Now, you might go, oh, you know, we won't get the finances to do that. But I think something like over half the squad are out of contract by the end of next year, which isn't actually the worst place to be in. I mean, it's a terrible position to be in now because none of the players care. I mean, Daniel Lamar is apparently going to sign for AC Milan, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever I, heard. I saw that. He's got a good agent, that boy. Has. But, it, it, but it's so ridiculous, it might be true. Um, well, I've just, so we've just had someone tweet in, by the way, because um, I asked some questions. He says, um, can Daniel and Marty's agent get me a date with Maya Jammer? Yeah. <laughs> which I, which yeah. I enjoyed. But yeah, Jack, carry um, on. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So, but I, I, I just, I, I look at it and I I think the whole, what, I mean, without getting too, too corporate in my language, the whole footballing project needs to sort of be restarted and, and, and looked at again. I think we've got certain players that you could... Um, Bill, I, I think Everson would be a top championship goalkeeper. I mean, based on last night, he'd be a very good Premier League goalkeeper. I think I think Suter would be very good in the championship. Christiansen probably would be good in the championship. I mean, it, it's about Dewsbury Hall's level. I think the last season of Vardy at that level, um, whether you get a striker or you bring him off off the bench, I think he would he would be okay. So you, you've got something to go on. But I mean, it, it, you it's going to be. Do you remember when we went down? Um, uh, oh, sort of just after administration, and we signed like Keown, Wilcott. Like we we yeah. signed about yeah. seventeen players that summer, and it was, mm. I mean, it was abysmal business, largely. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's going to be that level of rebuild, and and uh, this will be music to Rick's ear. I I think we need to go after young. We we need to go back to the model of going after young players that can get better, rather than signing players like Vestergaard, like Bertrand. And you know, build on build on the experience you got. Uh, funny enough, uh, Newcastle's are really. I, I was thinking, oh no, we you know, we were supposed to be like building as a as a bigger club. We can't go down. But I mean, Villa went down. I think what five six years ago now. Newcastle went down at a similar time. Brighton were down there. It, the sides go down, they come back up. I think the important bit is that we we come straight back up and. If you look at the championship now with the parachute payments and things like that, it's happening more and more regularly that the sides that go down 
do come back up. I mean, Sheffield United have been down for a couple of years and they've, they've come straight back up as well. It's actually quite rare that you get a side out, outside of that forest of probably the anomaly in the, in the last few years. So I don't think it's as, as bad as it um, could be. And um, I think as a match-going fan, it's so much better. I, I just think the aways are so much better. You don't go to, you know, places like Man City and get tonked 4 0. I mean, Manchester's a good night out, but it's a crap away day. I think it's some of the best away days I've had following the club at, at that <laughs> level. So I, I, I'm not, I don't want it to happen, but if it happens, it happens. And like, I, I, I don't think it would be the worst thing. Because you, you look at Everton, right? They they could survive. They survived last year. They're still in a mess. Leeds survived last year. They're still in a mess. It's really hard to to shift momentum at that level. Like Burnley will be a better bet than whatever side stay up next year because they've got momentum and a decent manager and young players. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, no, I'm I'm still struggling to accept that that relegation may be the best for the club, but I then also do agree um, with the the many scenarios we've seen before where you, you just survive relegation and you'll most ultimately just then go on that repeat, don't you, for two three seasons until you eventually inevitably do drop down. But you know, but I still do think that we will survive. Jack, I'm a little bit curious as into to why you are now resigned to relegation. You know, we're out of the relegation places. We've got a decent. Um, goal difference in comparison to everyone else. We've got games against Fulham um, and West Ham. And, you know, you're looking at Leeds running, you know, Everton and, and Forest can't really, you know, get results either. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's not pretty reading and we shouldn't be overly confident, but why are you resigned to relegation already? Forest, yeah. Forest is that me or you? Sorry, no. I'm confused now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I'm, Jack. I'm, I'm the negative Jack. Sorry, Jack. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I think, uh, to be fair, I'll be honest, I think it comes from my dad because um, I've sitting next to him every game. It's the same, but um, it's, um, I just look at our running, like me and, me and Ewan went through it today on our on our podcast that we we put out today. And it, like we went through all of the results. And there's just a couple of games where you think it could go one way or it could go the other. Like there's so many uh, in, for us. And I just think if you play out all those fixtures as routine, like, You've you've not been watching football long enough. Like you know, there's going to be curveball results somewhere. Like I would expect us to go to beat Liverpool at home, but then last day of the season, like yeah. lose the West Ham. Like and and then like it's just how it how it works. Like it's not going to be plain sailing. And I thought last night, for for in phases we played really well, but I also thought we got a lot of things wrong. Like we, I I knew I walk into the ground with my, with my dad. I was like, these are just going to play long ball. And we didn't limit it. We kind of let them just play long ball. We, every time they got it out wide, particularly in the first half, like the penalty is a really good example. He had it and he had so much time to float it into the box. And it was a stupid challenge by Castagna, but it just, they were targeting Calvert-Lewin from minute one. And we just didn't stop them. And I think you've got to be a little bit smarter. And that's an Everton team that really struggles to score goals. And yes, one of them was a penalty, but Everson's had to make numerous class saves to keep us in the game and that's what worried me the most this is a team that can't score goals and on another day they put five pastors and it's that's that's just a worry for me um granted we didn't lose the game that's a real positive to hold on to but yeah that that's that was my concern a, a team notorious for being very like frugal could have scored a hat for yesterday no, they really could have. Um, Jack from Talking Ballocks podcast. Uh, one last question then. Um, Dean Smith, four games in. He's got another four to go. Irrespective of what division we're in next season, what would you do? Would, would you keep him or uh, would you, irrespective, kind of say goodbye but thanks at the end of the season? 
think if we went down, I'd give him a chance because he, he got Villa back up. Like he came in and re re steadied their ship because that first season, then when they first went down, they were a bit all over the shop again. But he, he got them promoted and did keep them up. So I think if we went down, I'd, I'd give him a go. If he if we stayed up, I think we just need to aim a little bit higher. I think we need to sort of reforge a bit of an identity and go again, really. But yeah, if we went down, I'd keep him. If we stayed up, I'd probably try and be a little bit more ambitious. All right, top stuff. Well, look, Jack, mate, massively appreciate you coming on the podcast. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Cheers, guys. That was Jack from the uh, Talking Ballocks uh, podcast. Um, and yeah, we'll continue to kind of get people on this podcast. If you do want to come on, just drop us a message on Twitter or Instagram, and we will try to do that. Um, so, Jack, uh, we've had a few tweets in about um, the performances of, of certain players, and it didn't, um, it wasn't lost on me either. That I think you could argue that the three best performances last night were, were Daniel Everson, um Jamie Vardy, and say not necessarily the best performance, but you know the fact that he scored. Uh, Kekla, I thought Zian two played well. I thought George, you know, Clark, I, and I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but he, he doesn't really like Zinchenko, does he? He's, he's never forgiven him for Bournemouth away. No, he doesn't. As he, he genuinely hasn't. No. Um, but but those three. I mean, players, I mean they were, they an unbelievable key. performance in the FA Cup final. Um, yeah, yeah, not enough. Um, yeah, they were. I, I mean, but but, but Vardy, three players who were ostracised in in many ways by by Brendan yeah. Rodgers. Yeah, that irony wasn't lost upon me either. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you do wonder if Everson had played in goal all year, would we be where Fulham are? I'm not saying it's it's as simple as that, but there were there were times where you just realised the defence has absolutely no confidence in in Ward, and and the amount of games yeah. where you know, like I think about Chelsea at home where he just watched the ball sail over his net, whereas Everson yesterday's, you know, out there on the penalty spot, punching it away. Like, he's, he's a much more decisive goalkeeper. Um, so, Incho, I'm not sure it would have been different because we had a dreadful defence last year. I'm, I definitely think if we have Vardy playing like he did last night, I mean, Vardy, to be honest, is the reason we finished fifth twice, largely. Because we overperformed, our chance conversion in those two seasons was ridiculous. Because just the way we I mean, were set up was just completely it, tailored for Vardy, wasn't it? Yeah, and he's he's. I mean, in a way, I mean, the one thing that did please me so much about last night was just you know that he's going to retire soon, and we're never going to see the likes of a player like Vardy again, are we? And without getting too sentimental about it it's like phenomenal to see him score at the cop end and knee slide in the corner like I've got a picture down there of him doing that I mean it's it's just absolutely iconic isn't it it's a shame it, it didn't happen again and lead to a victory but you do wonder what because Rogers Rogers clearly didn't fancy him for some reason and I, I've defended Dakar all all season I mean the, the blokes can't stand up half the time can he so I've, I've, I've got that wrong um but but Vardy last night was just like a different player. And I know I know it's confidence, I know it's goals, but not that much has changed. And it's a real shame for me that actually just if we that to be honest, that'll probably be my most disappointing thing that Vardy will have relegation on his CV if we go down. And he, he does not deserve that for everything he's done yeah. for the club. Um I mean, maybe the story finishes with him firing us back to the the Premier League, maybe he keeps his, maybe you know, scores a hat trick against Liverpool or something. I don't think he's done done yet, but he, he's not. There are signs that he's not quite the player he once was, but he's still got enough there. And actually, to be honest, the, the longer Rogers goes, the more I think we held on way too long to keep him. And I, I was someone that said we should keep him in, but he, he just he just missed stuff. 
I mean, you know, the Everson versus Ward debate. I mean, they're, they're on different planets, those two. Yeah, no, and it, it's 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 often you know a hindsight thing. We will been there a million times before with managers of, of of so many football clubs that you know, but it, but it tends to be you know when when a, a manager is falling out with players and you know he is refusing to pick them, you know that is kind of at that point where you realise that it's it's probably the end. And you know, Rick, I know that Jordan says that he doesn't think it'd be any different if if you know Swinton had played all season, or you could again make that same argument about Everson, but. I'll be honest, I disagree. I, th- I think it would have been, you know, if, if Soyuncu you had played in a clear season instead of Daniel Marty and Everson had played instead of Daniel Wood, Danny Wood, I, I do think it, it would have made a difference. And, you know, again, you know, you could look at it individually and say, oh, you know, Marty didn't make mistakes in those games or, you know, Ward didn't make howling errors in those games. But at this level, it's, it's not about um, making the errors. It's about keeping you in games, you know, and, and, and what Ward did yesterday, because, you know, Arguably, Rick, you could say three of those saves that, that Daniel Everson uh, made last night. If any one of them had gone in, you wouldn't be blaming Daniel Everson, would you? And, and that's the point, because no. Ward would have let those in, you know, and, and that's the difference. You know, you, you need a top level goalkeeper to make big saves. And Ward doesn't make big saves, even though he doesn't make many errors, he just doesn't make enough big saves. And that's the difference. Yeah, you've just summed that up. I mean, we we were having these debates about Danny Ward where you say, well, you know, there weren't glaring errors that he, he's made in, in certain games. But you look at that performance from Everson last night and, OK, you're not going to get that from him every game, but you're going to get that from a shot stopper as good as him at least half a dozen times a season. We saw it with Schmeichel. There'll be games where we had no right to probably the fine margins where we've got a result and you probably don't realise just how fortunate you've been with the saves that your keepers made. But then again, that's what they're there for. The same as the, the outfield players where the individual moments of brilliance that probably lead to a, a, you know, a point or a win where you wouldn't have got without, but it gets lost in the moment because the results happen. Danny Ward was never providing that for us. So in the first 20 odd games that we had, 26 games, whatever it was that that we had with him, there were so many games that just passed us by where we, we gave up the result because he couldn't make saves that he needed to make that perhaps weren't say bog standard saves. You need to make those saves. You need to put in Herculean performances as a keeper half a dozen times a season to win your team points. So, okay, I don't, I don't think we'd be where Fulham are, like Jack said, necessarily, because that feels so far away when you compare the two different teams. But then again, it's fine margins. You know, yeah, the, it, a few more cool. results leads to confidence. But I genuinely think when you go back through all the fine margins this season, in some of the games, there's no way that we'd only be on 30 points. We'd be on 35, let's say. Well, 35 I we'd right have about now. 10 more. Because uh, one yeah. of my things is the, the amount of games we've lost. I think the last two games have been interesting because we would have lost those games 10 yeah. games ago. And, yeah, uh, and I know we, we, we're at such a stage of the season where we don't, we, we, we've not got any wiggle room, but... You yeah. know, the amount of times I came away, came away from games going, there's no way we should, we should at least get a point. We probably should have won the game, but because our keeper yeah. has an inability to make saves, Everson saved, a, saved us in the last two games. We, Absolutely. About, like more than once. So, yeah. We and, saved, and he, he won his two points in the last two games. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And he is, he, Jay, you're absolutely spot on. Like, Ward cannot make saves. He looks competent yeah. in everything else goalkeeping-wise, but he, he can't do the things that goalkeepers are paid to do, which... 
Everson is brilliant at, probably less good at the other things, but it doesn't really matter, does it? No. No. I was going to say, is literally, if he gets his distribution better, you know, you're talking, this isn't about, you know, if we get relegated saying, oh, we've got a good goalkeeper there in the championship level. If he sorts his distribution out, he's, for me, he looks like a, a, a top level, you know, Premier League goalkeeper. I mean, the, like, no brainer. Like, sort of the saves he was making yesterday were elite. That it was world class. That save on Awobi in the first half uh, was—it's arguably the outrageous. save of the season. I'm sure there'll be other t- goalkeepers mm. in it, but it was like, like jaw dropping. Like you, it, if you watch it over and over again, it wasn't even that it was that close to him, and he's just—it re- was just everything about it. And the one on Decorey down to on his weaker side potentially unsighted just it uh, it was probably the 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 most individual goalkeeping performance that's impressed me most since Schmeichel in the cup final uh, yeah. against Chelsea okay we've only drawn a, a bog standard premier league game but you know had we lost that last night likewise had we lost against Leeds we were gone we are we're gone and okay we're up against it now because we've got a tough running but that man He's just, he's a wall at the minute. He's fearless. Confidence is there. Doesn't seem to be feeling the pressure. And as you've both alluded to, you know, it's the ostracised players that are the ones giving us a fighting chance at the minute. Now, okay, you know, who knows what would have happened if Dean Smith didn't come in. But I doubt we'd be in a better state than we are now. Vardy... You know, we've all been made to probably be a bit like we've been harsh on him. But then you've got to, you call it as you see it. He looked like he was done. And now he's getting one-on-ones again, even with the pace dwindling. He's making the movement. That's that's a causation of a number of things. It's confidence on Vardy's part. But Dean Smith's whole philosophy seems to be about getting that ball forward quickly. You know, we're not looking to pass it around at the back. And it's weird because... You know, Sean Dyche football, it's attritional football. They defend quite deep. And yet Vardy got in twice, didn't he, in the first half and should have scored both of them. And so, you know, it's not even a case of, oh, well, we can't create that style, of, you know, those patterns of play. You can. It just, we were completely lost the plot on doing it and it all fell down. Um, so, you know, if we are going to stay up, it's going to be Vardy. It doesn't look like it's going to be Madison and Tielemans at the minute, which is really disappointing. And it's going to be the likes of Everson and Soyuncu. I mean, I was really disappointed last night with, well, first half Castagna and second half Luke Thomas. It's like each week, one of our fullbacks or or more than one take it in turns to be the absolute fucking pits. Um, But, you know, we can't, we can't afford to do that because it's defending those those sort of wide areas that we keep getting undone on. Um, because Soyuncu's playing well. Fass, I think Fass has been quite poor the last couple of games. And I think so- uh, Sutar needs to come back in. I don't know why they don't rate him. Maybe I, he's not aggressive I enough. I would have played airily, last night. Yeah, Cause airily, cause I, would have. Yeah, because Calvert-Lewin, the problem was we couldn't get any contact. Calvert-Lewin was like half winning headers. Yeah. And they were winning all the second balls. Suter, I mean, he's double the size of anyone else. And his well, he's head's... won 84% of his yeah, area I mean, it, jewels, Jack. He's it's got just... a huge head, despite that really awkward thing on the, on the back of his neck, as, as you alluded to. <laughs> but I, I think he's hard done by. Um, I do. And I, I, I prefer him to Fez. My, da- my dad was saying, yeah. oh, Fe- um, Suter's really slow. I was like, I reckon Fez no, is slower. Not. Yeah, Fez is 
desperately slow. There was a oh. couple of occasions last night where yeah, I was he got yeah. and but like people like Dwight McNeil, who I think looking like he's had his you legs. You love so Dwight McNeil, front. don't you? You were desperate for us to sign Dwight McNeil a few years ago. I, was, I think I've been ruder about him than I have Jack Harrison, and it's probably come back to haunt me. But I mean, Dwight McNeil had a good game last night, but it was the likes of. You know, Tielemans, who runs through Treacle, and Fez, when he's been running. It's those sorts of players that are just letting, like, just saunter past him. It's just nonsensical. But, you know, Suter has got to come in for me. Um, and he's better on the ball as well. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I think that out, out of possession, you know, Tielemans and Sumari, it doesn't really work because they are both bad out of possession. I mean, they've got strengths when they have the ball. But, you know, you, you talk about the fact that Everton had so many shots last night. Yeah, you can probably pinpoint, you know, a couple of defenders, you know, being able to maybe have done better in certain scenarios. But I think the problem is just is how easy it is to get through. Um, yeah. And I do think that, yes, Sumari and, and Tielemans are good footballers. But, you know, we, we were just so easy to, to, to play through. And I do think that's an issue. But, but Jack, on, 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 you know, we talk about those three of, of Soyuncu, Vardy and, and Everson making an impact and maybe coming in from the cold. Interesting, of course, though, that, you know, we, we talk about Stuta, but Christiansen and, and Tete also on the bench. So the, the three new signings, the, the three January signings who have all individually at points made impacts, Dean Smith, maybe, I say clearly, we're not too sure, but, you know, maybe they weren't all that. Yeah, I mean, we've gone from, you know, shopping in Waitrose uh, to shopping in, I don't know, like farm foods for most of our signings, because Rick seems to I be doing wrong with that. Okay, sorry. Apologies to farm food shoppers. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, we'd, we're just not. Uh, Christensen might be fine, but he's not the player to sign in in January. I don't think he's a he's a like a summer signing. He might he might come off Tete for me. Although I thought he was all right against Wolves, just not not good enough. Suter's the only one that looks like he could play at. Um, uh, at, the, at the Premier League level currently, I mean, it is it is tough to come into a poorly performing side at the at the highest level. So I, I do have a bit of a bit of sympathy, but I mean, how many? What, it's it's such a long time since we've made a signing that's made a genuine impact. I mean, the last one that we've made that's actually sort of really affected the first team is probably for Farmer. I think yeah. that's genuinely improved the first team. Probably. Yeah. Because even Castagna, he might be better than Ricardo. I'm not sure he's he's not better than prime Ricardo. He's I mean he's better than injured Ricardo, isn't he? But there's many many different versions of him. So last night he wasn't. No, he's pretty bad. I mean that penalty. I watched that back. I thought he fell into him. He literally just went fuck this and pushed him over, and then put and then and then pushed Fez over. Yeah, well. and then it was like, oh, it's your fault. <laughs> Fucking hell! Yeah, I, no, the, the Fez falling over that did make me laugh. It literally, you could put some what the clown music to that, couldn't you? But the rest of the play, the rest of the players were just like, oh, for fuck's sake! Like it was just, it was nothing about them. But anyway, right. I, I, that I mean, again, terrifies me. But you know, we, the recruitment's been been way off way off for a while and Rogers isn't solely culpable for that we've got a new scout and you know we're all singing his praises I'm now quite worried about that I mean we've we've got to we've got a hell of a job on our hands I mean that's you know that's why we need a purge I I, I think a purge is coming and we need a purge and that might be easier done in the 
in the championship for me. Rick, you've, you've got something to get off your chest on, on recruitment, which doesn't surprise No, me. It just, just to back up what you're saying, really, um, I think you know it doesn't bode well that these three signings haven't blown uh, the fans away probably less. They've blown the, the, those in charge away less. But it just shows how difficult it is to get players in to make a difference when you're struggling. You, are, I mean, I look at Newcastle at the minute. Jacob Murphy's scoring goals. Dan Burns playing like Prime Maldini. Joe Linton's, you know, these are players that, well, players that had been there a while and been awful or they've signed at a time where they're progressive and are doing well. It's it's and this might make it sound a hopeless te- uh, task, but when you are struggling, you know, signing players sometimes doesn't make that much difference. There needs to be that collective momentum. You know, when the momentum's there, the signings you make complement those, and and everything just takes care of itself. I don't know what blend you have to get to to really improve. I mean, we're going to have to find it because we've got to replace nearly all of our squad in the next. Uh, 12 to 18 months but it I'm just a little bit nervous I always was about Martin Glover because I've never been blown away by what he's done anywhere else now sometimes it can be difficult to really just measure you know a recruitment person in football on on the signings because there's a lot of different things happening as what I've just said there it it can be more than that it's you know it's the market you've got to move in etc but he, I don't know, you know, we, we, we've been through these highs and lows in the Premier League with the players we've signed. We've got the the squad of misfits and, you know, unpolished diamonds when we won the league. Then we lost the heads the season after and, and signed probably the worst window we've ever had after we won the league and they're all gone within a year. Then Eduardo Massia came in and... You know, the majority of his signings were were pretty damn good. They were what then caused the you know the next wave of success. And then now Congerton's been bad. I mean, probably has he been as bad as what some have slated him for? Like myself, don't know. It certainly it certainly quickly turned from the back end of Masia to to you know Fafana was unbelievable, and there was a couple of other hits like Justin that I think we were already linked with before, but. Um, it's, it's it is difficult, but you know, yeah. it's also not out the realms of possibility to to be able to ace. But we need to ace the next few windows, otherwise, whether we don't, whether we stay up this season, we'll get down the next one because it's so much is about to happen. And Jack says, is it easier to build in the championship? It is, but we've got to build right, haven't we? If we just patch yeah. things up and then come up and have got to rebuild again, it's it's just as hard, if not top harder, to, than top to bottom, Rick. Like it's it's everything. Yeah. I mean, you you you've not. I thought you were going to mention the academy. The I think. There's, well, I mean, we've got decent players in the academy, but two of them have done their ACLs. So, yeah. I mean, Which, like, will they will they come back uh, yeah, and be yeah. the players they should do? I mean, Will Alves and Sammy Braybrook, they were genuine England class, and I mean yeah. that. Like, you know, and we've got Ben Nelson as well. We've got three players that were, you know, captain in England under nine, 18s or, or being starters in there. Now, that doesn't always mean they're going to make it into the Premier League and be quality. But these three were, were genuine talents. I just hope they do. And if we go down, OK, they're probably going to get a chance quicker than they would do if we stay up. But, you know, our academy, they've been re- under 21s relegated, under 18s have not done well. Um, 
Seagrave at the minute. You know, I, I put a tweet out last week saying one foot in the Seagrave because it is, isn't it, at the minute. <laughs> Uh, it's a death trap. Um, whether the academy are doing their ACLs or you know rupturing God knows what, you would not want to be part of Leicester City Football Club. We're the women seem might stay up there, Rick. So you know, well, a small modicum of comfort for you there. I'm really pleased about that, um, and I mean that because that really makes any difference to what I care about at the minute. But no, I do hope they stay up. Um, but you know. Obviously, I care more about the men's team at the minute because that's what I've grown up since the age of five. And, you know, it, 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 I wake up thinking about Leicester City. I go to bed thinking about Leicester City. And that's just the way it is. Um, and at the minute, it's hurting me. Do you want me to rap anyone? Lift a bit? No, we don't. Do you want me to rap anyone? Lift a bit? No, we don't. Do you want me to rap anyone? Lift a bit? No, we don't. Yeah, three times just uh, yeah yeah let's take that off a loop before we play who are you should I? yeah yeah <laughs> please do it is all right because um uh, dave bevan's written an article i mean he, he tweeted last night that he was up till 12 30 to uh to write an article after the game and uh, the things the things we do for this football club mm. are just mind-blowing well, i was thinking about this today um because I uh, I found a screenshot of um, of some Leicester players on a night out, looking you know very very well dressed, and I just thought like what what's the point of this? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'll still go, and yeah. like I'll, st- I'll I'll be there on Monday. Like I'm going on Monday, and like it, it's so it becomes less and less about the about the football and more about just going for a pint with your mates. But um, it is a ridiculous pastime at times, isn't it? The only good thing that me and Jake got that you didn't yesterday, Jack, was, and Jake didn't see it, but I I, I asked him earlier and then I went on Twitter to see whether it was just me. But the, it was a masterclass last night in nose picking from Sean Dye. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Honestly, they kept panning to him and for, I'd say, a good few minutes, every time was having a right good rummage up there. Um, and... I mean, he had a bad night last night, in my opinion, because he had the match winner sat on the bench that would have saved Demari their season. Gray. I don't know Gray. why I didn't ring him on. I know. I mean, thankfully he didn't. But you, you know, he, he would have, he would have done all day long. He would have won that for him, and instead he was too busy seeing if he could get a super bogey <laughs> out. But one of them ones that hurts as it comes out. That was what he was obviously dealing with. There, blessing. <laughs> You feel it come out the back of your eyelids <laughs> as it comes down. <laughs> oh, and on that wonderful note, should we play Who Are You? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, Jack, are you Quizmaster? Yeah, got good. So, in, got so good after, in. after Rick's incredible run, I am now back-to-back wins and I'm going for the hat-trick today. There's no Jordan because he's had to go back to work. Um, and we joked that not, it would have made probably too much difference. So it's a straight shootout between me and Rick today. But look, let's play Who Are You? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Yeah, no, so after a, a barren couple of months, I made a, a return to form. Rick, it was when you were quiz master, so it was just me against Jordan. And it was a, a very painful, gritty, nil-nil draw, which I eventually, I think, won on... A penalty shootout. <laughs> but since then, I have now found some form. 
you've lost a couple. So, Rick, mate, the, the pressure's on you a little bit. A little it bit. Is. It is. The, I mean, my first defeat was after the night after the debacle of oh, yeah. in my <laughs> disgraceful drinking performance, wasn't it? So I had a mitigating circumstances for that. But <laughs> last week was, yeah, I, I was nowhere, wasn't I, last week? No, it was it was a Frank Musa. And by the way, on, on that drink... Oh, no, I was Frank. I was Quizmaster for that. It was the Tom Kennedy that you got that I um, struggled with as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on that 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 post drinking session after Bournemouth, um, I'm not mm. sure if we have mentioned this on the podcast, but but how long did it take you to feel normal again? It, it was it was a good week or so, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. I went away then the following week uh, to Norfolk, and I genuinely was worried that I'd done permanent damage because <laughs> it was putting me off my drinking. Honestly, I'd had some red wine, tasted like red diesel. Uh, I had a couple of beers. I, my wife was like, are you all right? She knows I enjoy a, a little bit of the, the finer things in life. And um, I just, it put me off. Honestly, all 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 weekend, barely touched a drop. Mm. But then, you know, things start to dampen down and you, you forget the, the horrors of what you've done. And uh, yeah, I'm all right now. Right, Hence why I'm back drinking and uh, back ready to do it again, boys, when we're... About ready to do it again. Well, I was going to say, obviously, we're going to have to start organising an end of season, do, aren't we? Where we, you know, we, so we need you back on on fine form. But, but yeah, um, Jack, come on then, mate. Um, let's play. Who are you? Say you've got a good one. Yeah, um, let's let's get this going. Okay. Uh, so first clue was born on the twenty fifth of January, nineteen eighty six. Okay, so thirty six. Thirty seven. Thirty seven. Uh, still playing. Currently playing for Grantham Town. Oh, right. Ooh. My parents my parents live very close and weirdly I've looked at wanting to go watch them a few times because Carlton Palmer was their manager, wasn't he, last season? Ooh. So I keep half an eye and I feel like I probably should have this already on their squad. So keep it going. I should get this. Oh, I don't like this. Sorry, mate. So, right. Next, I, I, next I need to count this in total. This lad's played for a number of clubs, including mm. a number of clubs in the Midlands. So he's played for Notts County. We count in Rushton and Diamonds as the Mid- Midlands? Probably, just about. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. about. Okay. Um, uh, Forest, Burton Albion, Chesterfield, Ilkeston Town and Grantham Town. Oof. Ryan Bezick. No. Oh, hang on, Notts County and Forest. Yep, Forest. Oh, this Notts is County Forest. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Right, I need, I need Ooh, another one. On. I feel hang like on, me, on, yeah, I, feel, I feel me and Rick are dangerously close to this, and probably should have it already. Forest. Forest. Yeah. I don't. Good. I don't want. I'd want to string this out. I don't want you to get this. So I'm trying to. I, I've got a clue where you'll get it. But <laughs> Have you played twenty twenty four times for Leicester, scoring one goal. Twenty four. James Chambers. No, incorrect. 
In his career, he's played 594 games, scoring 110 goals. Oh, yeah. 100. I should, have, I should have this already, shouldn't we? Knox um, County Forest. I'm bo- oh, this is bothering me. There's not many at 37 who have played for Leicester and Forest, and 37, we should know. He played, he played for Forest twice. So he started his, his youth career, started Forest before joining us in 2000 to 2003, before making his professional debut in 2003 under Is he Martin Mickey, Allen? Mickey Is he Adams. Oh, what? Uh, uh, as soon as you say this name, we're yeah. both going to kick ourselves. Rick's going to get he, this, I think. He's got 100 goals. So he's a forward. Um, 37. So not much older than me. I thought he was older than this, to be fair, when I looked him up. I was like, he, he's Just from around. Oh, uh, uh, Forrest. Came to us. Okay, I'll give you another clue. He's a striker. Burton. Yeah. Yeah, he's a striker. <laughs> Wasn't that prolific as a striker. So one in five isn't awful. He's still going. Oh, dear. Um, I've lost my head here. I don't know. Yeah, um, six foot one striker. Six born, foot one. Born in Nottingham. Started his professional career at Leicester. Before going on loan <laughs> to Ross County. Rushton and Diamonds before leaving the club and signing for Rotherham United. Chris O'Grady. I once saw Chris O'Grady in Morrison's in Hillsborough when he played for Sheffield Wednesday. I didn't say Sheffield Wednesday, to be fair. No, and I would have got it. And and genuinely, my luckily it's not now, so I can say this. My old passwords to get into various things used to be Chris O'Grady. Really? <laughs> yeah. I really liked Chris O'Grady when he was a youngster. Oh, I did. And I'm absolutely fuming with myself. I've not got that because I really oh, liked I thought him. Grant, I thought you get that off the ground. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. When I, obviously, clearly the last time I've looked at the squad, he, he wasn't there. But yeah, if, if Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, yeah, playing. I really rated Chris O'Grady. I went Luton away when he got the winner for us. We beat him 2-1 oh. in... Oh. Gutted. What's that? Be 04, 05, 05, 06, maybe? 2006, a late strike. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was playing for Brighton in 2017. Yeah. He was which good. Which is like not that long ago. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember they, I was, they must have been in the Prem. Were they in the Prem in 2017? Were they? Oh, they're just a good championship side, I think, weren't they? Yeah, they got promoted in 2017. So I think he must have left. Mm, I think he then went moved on maybe to Barnsley. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, he went on loan. You should have got yeah. this, Jake. No, you I'm, know I'm, a lot I'm, about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, genuine, I'm genuinely livid. Yeah. So I was, uh, this, when he was, I think he must have been at Shepherd Wednesday. Um, and I was, what, my, my girlfriend at the time went to, to Union Shepherd and we walk around Morrison's. It was his sister. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously, I'm one of those guys, like I'm sure probably you are, you'll, you'll recognise a footballer anywhere in the most random of places yeah. where nobody else would. And I was like, hey, that's, that's Chris O'Grady over there. And was like, the girl was like, why on earth would I care that's Chris O'Grady in Morrison's? Um, but yeah, I'm actually, really what excited. was he getting? Um, I can't Some remember. Pecoras. 
No, but it is exactly the kind of thing you do, though, isn't it? You're, you're looking, is trying to think. Oh, I wonder what so and so judge them furiously. Getting. There's, there's, yeah. there's pictures went viral a little while ago, wasn't it? When, when Erling Haaland went, when, when yeah, when Erling Haaland went shopping, and it was like a big story. Like, who on earth cares? But the reality is, is I actually well, genuinely care. The, I want to know what the, the best buying. one ever is Kelechi Inacho when he put up on Xmas Snapchat or Xmas Chopping. Spelled it. <laughs> you could see a few a few choice bits in his trolley that were unbelievable. <laughs> oh man, I'm genuinely gutted. I haven't got that. I'm back. This is um, a good omen. This is a good omen. I think. So you I got your taste was, buds back. Yeah, I, I was winning. I, 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 no, actually, it was not. I was going to say it's a good omen for us staying up. I don't know. It's not, is it? Because we've been yeah. crap ever since yeah. I've been on the pod. Yeah, we've been crap ever since we started the pod, to be honest. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. We, we can't put all <laughs> blame on you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, then. So, um, look, should we have a quick chat about Fulham? Because that's, that's up next. It's, it's another Monday. Um, by the way, if anyone's got any tickets going, um, I forgot to get mine. Uh, I'd like to go. <laughs> um, I need one as well. So, <laughs> Really genuinely annoyed because at first I thought it was an 8pm kickoff. And as we know, I can't do the 8pm because it's too late for me. And then I made the, the, the final decision because I don't live very far away from front. I thought, fuck it, go on then. I'll go for the 8 o'clock. Went to buy the ticket and then I saw it was 3pm and then realised they'd all sold out. Um, so I would go in the home end. Should we go in the neutral section? Well, Jay? you have a, oh, you have a neutral one, don't you? Go in the neutral section and throw good. pies. But the um the, the Fulham tickets, am I right in saying like the most expensive in the league? Probably there is, there is a season to... ticket that's like a thousand pounds or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Not, probably um, two grand. No, three grand, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah, I'm not quite sure I could bring myself to, to sit in the neutral, to be honest. But um, yeah, if any tickets go in, me and Jack are after one for, for Fulham. But um, Rick, Just what would you a do? Bring a six-month-old child with you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sir. For context... I'm sure you've probably seen um, a Everton fan was asked to leave. On my outraged. Yes, yeah, she was outraged. And she's now deleted her Twitter account because she, she made the mistake of going onto Twitter expecting sympathy. Um, <laughs> and obviously the complete opposite has happened. Um, but yeah, very, very funny now memes doing the rounds. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but Rick, mate, what would you do? Monday for Fulham because again you know I'm not saying it's a must win because it's not a must win but it's absolutely a game where we should be targeting at least a point in it um Fulham are there for the take and I think they've lost eight of of the last 10 uh, there's no Tim Ream uh, there's no Pereira there's no Mitrovic they're already safe have they actually Leicester... lost eight of the last 10 I think so I think so um it's certainly not been yeah. playing particularly well Rick, we need to go there and get a result, don't we? It's, it's, a, it's not a must-win, yeah. but it, it, again, it's a must-not-lose game for me. Yeah, I mean, it, you, these must-win must games, we are going to have to win one more game. Yeah. <laughs> At I some think, point, or, there, will, there will be a must-win game, but it's not yet. Or we draw the remaining four, might be enough. But yeah. <laughs> I don't see draws against Liverpool and Newcastle the way we're, we're affording the opposition chances. But we've got to somehow turn the tap off the amount of shots that we allow the opposition to to rain down on us. And we also need to step up our end product when we attack. I, I There was a question I was going to ask you boys earlier. Is it because we don't press well enough as a team? Yes. I, I'm trying. Yeah. The only times we press well last night, we could actually defend. For some yeah. reason... And it, it's always when we play Yuri as like the most advanced midfielder. Was, the bloke I was say, cannot I think, press for Toffee. 
And that's the yeah. problem, as I mentioned earlier. It's, it's, it's in the midfield, mate. We, we don't yeah. have, you know, without the ball, we are unable to press a team. We're dead easy Bring to Bring Hughes-Briol back in then. No, Bring, I know he's... No, no, no. But at least but he presses. That is the point. It's not a running competition, though, is it? But with, with, an, with, an, with an Ndidi, Ndidi is best, Jewsbury Hall is best, um, and Madison, there's energy in there. You know, and you, 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 get, you get so much from Tielemans and Sumaria's footballers with the ball, but you lose so much when we don't have it. And we are literally, we're just, we're so easy to play through. And it's, that, that's why we're, we're conceding so many chances. The, the defence ultimately are doing okay, but there's no, or very little or not very good protection in front of them. Yeah, I couldn't drop Samari at the minute. But, I mean, I, I thought I, he played I, well. And I'm not advocating to do... drop them. I thought no, it was better but... when they moved him to be the holding midfielder as well. Oh, he's no, I, when I... he has to play in a disciplined position. When he roams a bit, he sort of forgets yeah. where he's meant to be on a pitch. I mean, the last three performances he's put in, if he'd done that, for sixty percent of the time he'd been here, he would have been classed as a good signing for us. I I couldn't see the point of a signing him because I didn't think his skill set was what we needed. Um, and then he's he's not done it. But the last three games, he's running. You know, he's closing players down. He's tracking players. Okay, we were still affording plenty of chances, but I don't think that's all on him. That's collectively. Um, so I think I'm, I've seen enough green shoots of recovery with him at, uh, at the minute that he, he keeps his place. Um, but I mean, Dewsbury or Smith doesn't obviously fancy at the minute and, and he's not done well enough in 2023 for us. So I get that. But the one thing he does do well is he does press. Yeah. Um, and if it's pre- if it's the lack of pressing that's making us so easy to create chances against, we're going to have to tweak it. Because the one thing that Dean Smith's team supposedly do well is they press. And if they can't press, they don't play. That's what all the Villa fans told us. So, well, we're not doing it. So either he, he can't get us to press because we haven't got the players to do it or they're not doing what he's telling them to do. I don't know. But I... It's... I, <laughs> Uh, we've got to get a result, you know, because I just don't see where there's not enough in the in our resolve that we get anything from Liverpool or Newcastle. Now, yes, theoretically, we might be able to get a result there because on any given day, any Premier League team can get a result against any other Premier League team. But, you know, I'll read you off some stats here. I'd, I'd, I've done a bullet point list of why we're in the shit. Oh, yeah, I've done some research. Well, I ju- just because I wanted to try and jot down what I'm feeling because I'm really all over the place. But we've had one result in the entire season to date against the big six plus Newcastle. And that was at home to Spurs. OK, we've got two wins and two draws against the current top 10 all season. That's eight points. OK, mm-hmm. and we're now about to play three of the top 10 of our remaining four games and we need how many points we need at least three points. So it's all they're riding on. If thing, if we don't book the trend, that West Ham game, our final game of the season where we would need a win to stay up where I think we need more than that. But if that was it, it's just, it's horrible. Um, so we've got to do something differently to what we've been doing. You know, the, the fact that we can't open the scoring, the fact that for, we haven't been able to manage a game where we're leading for longer than about five or 10 minutes. 
um, seemingly. He just, it, it's so difficult to, to gain any confidence that we actually can get the results now. You know, we are running out of games and it's a bit like earlier on in the season where we hadn't uh, dropped into the relegation zone and everyone was like, well, we're not in the relegation zone yet. We're not in the relegation zone yet. And at the minute, we're not yet out of sight that we can't stay up. But the signs are there that we cannot win football games. And we're relying on then only needing one or two points then because everyone else is worse than us. The only modicum of comfort I can take is RXG is through the roof under Dean Smith. Yeah. So what RXG is against, I don't know if it's any worse than it was before Dean Smith came in, but we're unbeaten in three. Vardy's getting back to, to what we hoped he would be. Soyuncu's doing well. Everson's just a man mountain. Samare's doing well. So there are, this is my emotional turmoil I'm in. I don't know. All I know is I care and I'm buzzed for it and I'm feeling more emotion than I have done all season. And, you know, if we go down, we go down on our shield, don't we? Whereas we weren't doing that a few weeks ago. So I don't know what we do, Jake, but we've just got to get across the the line. (laughs) Don't know. but that but it is dunno and and you know and, that, and that's fine um but no i'm just looking at those two games against fulham and and, uh, and west ham and you know i'm i'm hoping i'm expecting that west ham will have nothing to play for so you've got two games there um and rick i think if if you get four points that takes us to 34 and with a superior goal difference which effectively means that forest everton and leeds need five points to to overtake us so so two of those out of the three need to get five points to overtake us from their final four games. That's actually quite a big ask, particularly if you look at, at Leeds fixtures. I honestly think that that um, that, that will be enough to, to get four points for us. And, and, I think, and I think that we will get that. And um, and as you said, if we if we get that and we still go down, at least we have gone down with, with some degree of, of fight, which I don't think we were going to do beforehand. But, but Jack, what would you do? What would you change, if anything? Um, because for me, looking at that team from, from from Everton, I probably would stick with it, probably make the one change to bring Christiansen back in. I thought we'd seen the last of Luke Thomas. Um, I know Christiansen hasn't been playing very well, but I still do think he is a an ultimately better and stronger player than, than Thomas, a more reliable one. But look, I wouldn't be hugely upset if, yeah. if he sticks with, with, with what he's got. Um so yeah, I, I'd probably go with. with, with the I'd same make a side. few changes actually. Go on, so, then. What would you do? Well, Ricardo might be fit. So because he was training last week, if Ricardo's fit, I would put Ricardo at right back and cast down at left back. Okay. Yeah. I think I tempted to put Suter back in, but they seem to think Fez and Suyuncu are the two. So I'm I'm not too fussed about that. I would play Sumari, Tielemans and Madison in the middle. I would put Pratt on the right, Barnes and Vardy. Because no Pratt does give Pratt, no. Pratt does give us lots of energy, I think, um, when he's not injured. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I would I would do that because I think he's he's a good footballer and actually, you know, you you talk about pressing, I think he's as good as Dewsbury Hall at that, um, and slightly better on the ball. Doesn't cover quite as much ground, but I swear about 90% of the ground KDH covers is chasing his first touch. So <laughs> I don't think it counts. Um, what about Dakar? 
Oh, because he does press a bit better. Yeah, he? yeah, he, he presses the floor quite a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you see I, just, I think I'd rather him out like there a than Brown. And then it's like, oh, you. Like yeah. uh, he fell over twice inexplicably I mean, last they, night. They, they couldn't be any more different, Dakar and Pratt. But I think you know enough. To... Which one's the Pratt? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I actually do think, even though he's out of position, and I'm not a massive fan of him, Rick. I think I would rather Dakar mm. out wide. Um, it is I, chaos I, with him on the wing. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying mean, to I... explain why, but I think I probably would. I was trying so to when they play like Benjamin calm. on the wing. You remember when Trevor Benjamin used to play yeah, left used wing under Mickey left. Adams? Oh. Uh, one of my mates, I tricky uh, Trev. One of my mates, I got access to his Uber account a few years ago, and I changed his name to Trevor Benjamin. So whenever, whenever he gets an Uber, he gets you, Trevor. He's never changed it. He loves it. That's class. Don't blame him. What tricky a guy. Trev. Yeah. So uh, yeah, three three changes. What would you do, Jake? Yeah. As I said, I, I mean, I, I, I probably would stick with, with what it is. I would. I do like what you're saying. If, if Ricardo is available, I would be tempted to put him back in, but we just know he's he's made of, you know, I don't even know what he's made of anymore. What's ever really bloody... Wet bog roll. Yeah, exactly. Whatever breaks really bloody easy. <laughs> so um, I, I, st- I think Christensen, I still believe there's a good player there and, and just had a couple of, you know, bad games. I still would have him over for Thomas. So I'd probably bring him back in and maybe just dropped him uh, for, for that game to a little kick up the backside, just remind him that his, safe, his, his place isn't safe, and sometimes players need that. Um, not, he's not been helped out by Barnes. Neither him nor Thomas are no, helped out by no. Barnes defensively. But that's but a even, good point on Barnes. We've not I, talked I, I, about. I still would have kept Barnes on against Everton. I know he wasn't playing well, but we, we've had this conversation so many times in this podcast. Ultimately, that's kind of who Barnes is. He we can never agree. The penalty, by the way, which everyone's forgotten, with one of his mm. crosses he put in, yeah. and also the first goal he sets up with his cross. So exactly, he didn't play very well, but he he made stuff he, happen. He's one of those players that he can do nothing for for eighty nine minutes, but I would still, in a scenario, keep him on the pitch because I know he can score. And and when he came off yesterday, it was for Pratt, wasn't it? I was just thinking, mm. yeah, he ain't playing well, but I'd still keep Barnes on the pitch, you know. And again, with the criticism of Madison, it's like. Right, yeah, sure, but I'd still much rather Madison be playing and I'd still rather have Barnes in the team than bringing in people like, like Dennis Pratt and Dacca because I just don't have the same level of belief in them if you know if you know that scenario happens, Rick, where you need them to score and you get a chance. I'd oh, still yeah. A back and out of form Barnes, yeah. I just, I'm surprised. I genuinely thought the one player who would prosper under Dean Smith would be Barnes. He was on, he was the one when Brendan left. I mean, he had a good game against Villa, didn't he, for example? I thought Barnes would come back in after his minor injury and he'd be electric under Smith because maybe I'm just thinking nostalgic, Grealish on the left for Everton. He had him purring. I just, we need Barnes at full throttle, don't we? Whether he's taking players on or yeah. at least he's not really getting the chances to shoot. He, he's blazed a couple over in recent games, but he had a good you know, usually has at least... Yeah. yeah, but he usually has two or three chances a game and he's he's only got one, one sort of one chance at the minute. So we need to get him more involved. He's, he's never going to defend that well. Um, but then again, I, I don't think he's as bad defensively as what's made out. He just, he, he sort he of... He just doesn't do a lot of it. No, but but then when he, he's not like awful, it's just he's part of a team that seemingly doesn't defend that well collectively. It's not just him, you know. There's those that are actually supposedly in position and get bypassed. So uh, it, that's that's not the reason. 
There, there was one moment in, in the second half uh, where Pats and Daka tracked back, didn't he? If if, if you remember yeah. it, and, and again, again, that's why I think I'd probably lump for him over Dennis Pratt because I just feel that whilst you lose certain levels of technical um, levels, with, well, he with started Patson, well, didn't he? When he come on, he won that yeah. ball when he tracked back, and I thought it's, brilliant. It, it looks like he cares more, you know, and I'd rather have someone who's willing to do that and, and bust their balls to get back 20, 30 yards than Dennis Pratt say, OK, I'm, I'm going to jog back, but I'm not going to break a neck. Yeah, you know, the worrying thing Patson about Dakar, the worrying thing about Dakar, there was one where the ball broke about 40 yards from goal and he had acres of space to run with the ball yeah, and he couldn't good. run with it. Like the bloke is like shit off a shovel when he's chasing a ball, but when he's got the ball, honestly, he he doesn't know what to do with it, and that's remember, worrying. Do you remember that in FIFA you used to have like a player's pace with the ball and without the ball? He's like ninety nine <laughs> without the ball, like zero with it. Yeah, that's him. Uh, it's weird. No, he is. But I, I'd say I do actually think that he's he's showing signs where he at least cares, and I think that Dean Smith. Um, likes him. Yeah, look, I mean... I know, Jack, I'm just surprised you're saying it. Yeah, but... well, no, because I've, everyone knows how I feel about Pat yeah. I think he's an incredibly limited footballer and I think his... Well, I do his, too now. His, his, well, deficien- his, his, <laughs> his, his deficiencies as a footballer can't be coached. You know, he just doesn't have it. You, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got, you know, good capabilities and good, good uh, abilities in certain areas, but where he lacks, you can't coach that. And, you know, that's, that's his... Where he's got it, you problem. can't coach it either. You can't coach that sort of level of no. unpredictability and pace. No, no you can't. Um, but anyway, um, lads, let, let's let's finish it up there. So, look, it's, it's Fulham on Monday. So, with it being a 3pm kickoff, um, we could potentially do the, the, the pod um, on Monday evening, so it's for you um, on Tuesday morning. But I suppose um, we'll have to wait and see that. It's not this commit to anything um, just yet. Depends if me and Jack actually managed to go to the game. Reminder, if you've got a ticket... Um, please do yeah, throw it our way. I'm, I'm going out for beers afterwards so I could you know, oh are you oh yeah, right, okay yeah. So you can I am in it. London so I, just, I need to get a ticket to the game now but I will be in the vicinity <laughs> if I'm not right. there I'm throwing pies on the pitch <laughs> or, or from the or river cake. Yeah, from so the so river they have slices of cake don't they in, oh, do they? in, in the Putney end at the oh Fulham. do they yeah. well, they get very cross if people throw pies it's very unfulhamish behaviour cheese my mate cake. got hit by a pie at Filbert Street once against yeah. Middlesbrough <laughs> Yeah, got it. I think it, the bloke who did it had to get caught. <laughs> what pie was it? Yeah, I was asking uh, my, my question. I'll, I'll find him on Facebook and ask him. I'll report back on mm. the next pod. Yeah, it was it... hot. It burnt him. <laughs> Fuming. Fuming. <laughs> right, lads, uh, let's leave it there. Uh, thanks once again for, for everyone who's listening. Um, it is Fulham up next. It isn't a must-win game. It's not. Don't lose faith. We can still do this. We're out of the relegation places, I believe at least. Um, Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. And once again, um, Rick, this is your choice. Getting away with it by Electronic. Have a great week, guys. See ya.
Social Podcast Network.